1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with Cassie and Karis.
2: Um, Hi, my name is Cassie. I'm from Arizona, and I'm a senior at Shadow Mountain High School.
0: Hi, my name is Karis. Um, I'm from New Jersey, and I'm also a rising senior at Ridgewood High School. And Cassie and I are the co-founders of a new podcast called My Voice.
1: You guys have a new podcast launching all about low income students, first generation and minority voices. And I think that is just something so special and definitely something personal too, because I fit into all of those categories. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit more about low income student life. I think this is something that a lot of students may be experiencing and also something that just needs to be talked about more in order to provide more opportunities for students that deserve it, even though their financial situation may not allow them to have certain opportunities. So to get started, I want to learn a little bit more about you both. So can you give um, a little bit of a background about your financial situation?
2: Okay, Um, for my family, um, I have a single mother raising three kids. My older sister is in college, but she went to a state one. So sh- she's not very familiar with like applying outside of the state, which is what I want to do. And I have a younger brother that's about to go into middle school.
0: Um, so I have two older siblings. I have an older brother and an older sister. My brother recently graduated from college um, a few weeks ago, and my sister is a rising junior, Um, and my dad is a pastor, which doesn't pay that much, and my mom recently got laid off due to COVID-19, so yeah, we're pretty financially struggling because we had to afford Um, college tuitions for two kids. And then I'm also applying to college soon. So that's going to be a little rough. My
1: situation, I am a low income and first generation student. As you guys know, I am an only child also. Um, So even though my parents don't need to pay for other siblings, college tuition, um, we're still at a pretty low place. So now that we got that out of the way, let's discuss a little bit more about general situations that low-income students face. And to start off, let's talk a little bit more about the high school experience. Because we're all high school students, and we've definitely experienced some disadvantages for being a low-income student. And one of that is extracurriculars. You pointed out earlier that usually low income students aren't able to participate in as, as many extracurriculars, because for example, sports, right, you need to pay so much money to buy the uniforms to just simply be in the team. And also for like extra private lessons or um, any equipment outside of school. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, Yeah, just as you said, it's just very hard for um, low-income or first-generation students to involve themselves in, like, sports, especially if they're competing against people that take private lessons outside of the school's team. Um, They're obviously going to be better since they have, like, a private tutor and private lessons, so it's just very hard to get involved, and other than that, like, extracurricular in general, a lot of students that are low income have home responsibilities that like prevent them from involving themselves in a lot of extracurricular activities.
0: Yeah, um, I also agree on that. And to add on, I feel like um, a lot of low income students find themselves competing academically instead, because there's so many barriers that are put up when participating in sports. And it's not even like, um, Sports and school like teach you from scratch they're kind of expected to already know how to play a certain sport before joining some kind of club or team um, which um, discourages students um, that are low income from joining and as cassie said most people have prior experience already outside of school and so it's kind of an extracurricular that's out of question
1: yeah and i actually have a personal experience with this because I was in my school's tennis team for, I'm considering it as two years. I was on the JV team, and then my sophomore year, um, towards the end of season, I was also kind of part of the varsity team, and one thing that I was always insecure about was the fact that I didn't take any private lessons. And it forced me to be a really hard worker on the team. Like I had to really pay attention to everything the coaches were saying during normal practices. And um, everyone else were getting like private lessons and just overall being like a very competitive athlete. And just that alone made me feel so scared. Like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to become as good as them. And one thing I learned is low-income students can be just as good as people who can afford like tutors or private sports lessons. Like it really is about hard work, but also at the same time, there's just so many barriers, including family responsibilities, like what Cassie said, as well as other financial burdens that you may have that simply like what Kara said, does not make sports a possibility for an extracurricular. And so that alone is something that, you know, a lot of people have to consider. And even in the college application process, right, um, that's kind of why we need to give context in order to explain the reason why we can't be as involved as other people who can.
2: Yeah. I can relate to that, actually, because I was also on my school tennis team and our top five-ish varsity members all took private lessons outside of like the school's tennis team so I really struggled like competing against them especially since I joined like a year later because of like family issues at home but yeah it was just very hard seeing that I could probably never amount to their talent and like their abilities in general because of like starting late not having like prior experience to playing tennis
0: but yeah I also participated in track and field um during like my freshman year and some of my sophomore year and most of the people that were like got to compete in races and competitions and stuff like that came from like a family that really encouraged sports and like almost everyone in their family was involved in some kind of sport I feel like when parents are like able to support their kids and things like that, they get more opportunities in the sport. Um, Unlike me who was just like signed up like by myself, you know, and I wanted to do it for fun, but it was so competitive because everyone else there like were, um, took like life lessons on it and um, did it as they were growing up. And so it was just kind of like something that I didn't want to involve myself in afterwards. So then I ended up quitting the sport.
1: Mhm. No, that is like honestly so relatable because you know, funny thing is my parents actually encouraged me to quit because they said like it took up first of all too much time and second of all like I should be focusing on academics instead even though like during that time I was really passionate about tennis, but then eventually the fact that, you know, I I really couldn't afford any private lessons and our team also wanted, or I guess our coaches wanted us to have like two rackets, you know, I could barely afford one. So how am I supposed to get two? you know, and like, just everything about it just made me feel really insecure. Like I want to participate, but I literally cannot. So um, there wasn't much to do about that, except quitting. And like you said, having a family that supports sports is honestly like, So cool. And as low income families go, I barely see people whose family like really supports them doing sports unless they're like naturally really athletic, you know?
2: Yeah. For me, um, what I struggled with while playing sports was one getting a ride back and forth from practices and games and also just emotionally my mom never came to any of my games so it's very disheartening to see like other members families like go up to every game they have and stuff while my parents couldn't even or my parent couldn't even attend like the banquets and like any game in general um and I just had to like make up excuses to my friends on the team or my coaches of why they couldn't be there or why my Even my siblings, they couldn't be there because of ride issues. Um, So I was always alone at games. I just felt very isolated from my team when their family, like their entire families, would come to support them.
1: And so another topic to discuss is academics. We briefly mentioned this earlier, but having a tutor itself is a huge privilege too, right? Um, I've never had a tutor growing up. And honestly, at this point, I don't even want a tutor anymore because I realize how much potential like I can how much potential I have. And just like working by myself, a part of that is because of financial situations. Um, Personally, having a tutor is just like, I don't know, it's always been like a a rich people thing in my mind. But also um, there are a lot of free tutor resources now, which I really do appreciate but in the past, like especially um, my freshman year of high school, I was like, that is no way, there's no way I'm getting into it. So what are your guys' thoughts on tutoring? Um,
0: personally, I think it's like a really unfair aspect of high school almost, because um, there are some tutors who kind of just like do everything for their students. And so even if um, like, I, a low-income student, is just as academically capable as someone else, if they have, like, a tutor, like, that suddenly gives them, like, a boost and advantage to, like, all of their schoolwork and college applications, and so it's not, like, weighed the same way, even though, like, our work may be the same, Um, and I feel like just because, like, someone is able to afford something doesn't mean that, like, like, we're not, equal in any other way, so I just feel like it's an unfair aspect of the application process.
2: Yeah, like, I personally never had a tutor at all growing up in anything. If I needed help, i just reach out to my teachers or other friends in my class, and now I work as a tutor, and, like, I can tell that it's just rich people that are able to pay for my tutor services, even though it's just $10 an hour. Um, Not just, but, like, it's, below minimum wage on where I live um so yeah
1: yeah exactly I completely agree with both of you it's it's really unfair honestly like sometimes I get really sad just thinking about it like how much harder I need to work in order to put myself at an equal playing field with all of my other peers and sometimes like I feel like a lot of people don't understand this about me, but I genuinely work so much. And like, at this point, I'm like kind of burnt out already. But like, seriously, I feel like low income students, we all work so hard just looking for your own resources too, like going on YouTube and looking for videos to teach you pretty much everything that you've learned, right?
2: Yeah, that's like low income students or first generation students like you just have to adapt to your own like struggles and just find a way to get around them without having like other resources that rich kids have that aren't readily available to you.
1: And that goes into the whole like SAT prep, ACT prep, and also like college app prep there's so many aspects of tutoring and sometimes seeing the fact that people can afford like their own, um, what is it called? Like essay feedback tutor. I'm like, first of all, I didn't even know that existed. And second of all, like it makes sense why a lot of rich students can get into really good schools, but low-income students are number one, intimidated to even apply. And second of all, feel like they're so little, like they feel like their voices don't matter and like their stories don't matter because it's like overwhelmed by everyone else who seemingly is a better applicant, quote unquote. So yeah. what are what are your thoughts on the whole like SAT prep and also the college application workshops?
0: Um, I think it can be really disheartening at times because obviously like low income students don't have that kind of resources available and like I can have just as much as potential and maybe even like more academically than someone else who can afford these resources but then their application will turn out better just because they have um like feedback readily available to them Um, so it makes you kind of like want to give up when you're applying to colleges I feel like because Like, no matter what you do, it seems like you'll never be as good as someone with those kind of resources.
2: Yeah, especially with the SAT, like, prep camps and prep courses, those can, like, upward $600, and that's just not something that I could afford personally, and it's very disheartening to see how, like, how much SAT scores are considered during the, like, college process. Um, So, like, I was very intimidated or like thought back of should I apply to these colleges since my SAT score is probably not gonna be as competitive as someone that had like SAT resources around them. And um, yeah, it was just, I'm kind of glad about like the optional SAT thing, but still, even if it is optional, I feel like they're still gonna seek out applicants that did choose to um, put their, good SAT score on so um just kind of stuck with that
0: um I also feel like like SAT and ACT don't really measure how academically like smart you are maybe because there's like a certain type of questions that are on there like that are phrased in certain ways and there's like a certain style that is structured just for ACT and SAT you kind of have to learn those through like practice and like Workbooks and stuff like that, but even like textbooks and like buying these kind of practice problems is like not something you can just like afford right away. So I feel like there's really not a lot of resources besides like maybe some YouTube videos and people that are generous enough to like offer those kind of services. So um, yeah, it's not really like a correct measure of how well I can perform at in the college.
1: Honestly, for me, before the test optional thing was like permanent for our year, I genuinely thought we still had to take it and I started panicking so much. And I actually took the PSAT this year. It was like really spontaneous because our school kind of gave us a last minute notice. But I remember during that time, I was so stressed out. I just only used Khan Academy. And um, I actually had a friend who was really kind and gave me his um, SAT like Barron's practice book because I didn't have enough time I had to just use Khan Academy over and over and over again and that was the only way I could practice and then I heard some of my other friends you know they've already been practicing for this somehow like I don't know how they knew about it but they've already been practicing for so long and been taking SAT prep since they were like in middle school I was like what (laughs) you know, and like, immediately, I felt like, like, oh, gosh, this is so sad. Like, imagine having all that time to prep. And like, it's just you feel guilty. And you feel like you should have done more and like all this regret for quote, unquote, wasting your time, even though you really weren't.
2: Yeah, I feel that so hard. Like, um, I go to a predominantly rich and white school, but it's not very competitive at all so I didn't even like know how important the SAT was until very recently and it made me panic a lot like this I saw like a chart of like a percentage of um, what like college consider when looking at your application and SAT had a very large percentage so that just made it even worse but um, even now that I know it's very hard to find the time to study because of my um, home expectations like I work to help my mom out with just um, keeping our house together and yeah and I'm mostly responsible for cleaning cooking while she's not here so it's just very hard to find time to study even in the summer
0: yeah I feel like panic is like a common emotion that a lot of us feel because no one really like informs us of these things because since like college board tests are like outside of school like our teachers don't tell us or anything like that you just kind of have to find out on your own and I think that part really makes it difficult during the um, college application process because almost everything in like the Common app or any other application like you just have to like find out on your own. You have to like do your own research and like nobody is there to guide you. Like I feel like rich people have like tutors and mentors that kind of like lead them along the process. But for us, we're kind of all on our own which makes the application like 10 times harder than it should be. No,
1: exactly. And I'm also an only child. So I don't have any older siblings. And my parents are also immigrants. So they have no clue how this whole college application process works. I learned everything by myself. Like I started all the way in middle school, guys, like I was like, I know I want to go somewhere good. I know I want to be academically at the top of my class. And how I how am I going to achieve that if I know nothing? So I'm really grateful that I started early in that sense. But I know a lot of people didn't find that out until like later on in their high school career. And so like panic again, that's like the word of the day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of me. I didn't find out until very late. I didn't Consider going to like top universities until my sophomore year of high school because I just felt like I couldn't compete with other people that were applying there and like you said my parent my parent is also an immigrant so she doesn't know like anything about the college application application process and she never went to college herself so um, it's just something that I have to figure out on my own even though I have an older sister she went to ASU which is just a local Um, university here, Um, but they don't require an essay, just your GPA and other stuff like that. So I couldn't even ask her for help if I wanted to. Um, It's just really something I had to figure out on my own.
0: Um, I think a common thing we all experience is imposter syndrome, when you feel like you don't deserve it or you're not good enough and things like that. So that kind of gets in the way from students like us in applying to colleges that are actually like right um, fits for us, but we think it's, like, out of our range or, like, out of our reach. Um, So, yeah, I think, like, not good enough is, like, definitely something that I feel a lot and, like, academically and socially and just, like, it's kind of everywhere, that kind of emotion. I think being low income, like, adds on to that because, we're like, oh, I'm not rich enough and that kind of acts as a barrier from a lot of opportunities. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you brought up a good point because even socially, like sometimes we feel really um, kind of just out of place. That's like the best word to describe it. You just feel like you're not supposed to be there. And um, I had friends in the past who they were just like really judgmental. They were questioning why I couldn't go to events. And the reason why was because you know, I can't afford to go out every week and spend like $30 on food and drink drinks, especially in California. The standard of living is so high. And I'm like, I'm already watching like my family's budget for food. How can I go out to eat every single week with you guys? You know, and um, just even socially, it's, it's hard because you get looked down upon. And um, yeah, it just, personally, it makes me feel really insecure. And like, I don't even like talking about it sometimes. I'm like, uh, just making up excuses to <laughs> leave the event.
0: Yeah, I definitely struggled a lot with the social aspect. Because first off, like even telling my friends I'm low income is kind of embarrassing to do. And like, it's awkward to bring up because most people like our age don't even think about that stuff. Like, they've never thought about if they're family is like financially capable of doing something like that's not in their thought process but it's always in mind so like when I go shopping and things like that I always need to look at the sales and like the price and like the price tag is always like the first thing you look at it's like the most important thing and like when you hang out with like friends and things like that um you always have to spend sort of some kind of money unless you're like going to someone's house so I feel like you find yourself making up excuses like oh yeah like I have this thing like I can't really go like just saying that you're broke all the time is like kind of like my go-to and like you also experience FOMO because of this and like you feel like you're always missing out on everything and um because hanging out socially always involves some kind of money for whatever reason so I feel like I missed out on a lot of events and like opportunities to come closer to people or get know other people well and it's even more like complicated because like other than people think that like going out for lunch isn't that big of a deal but like every single sort of spending is like super important when you're low income and you really need to watch um what you're spending on so I feel like if it's not an emergency like it's not important for me and so that really like um makes you struggle like socially and like it kind of ruins your social life almost
2: yeah I definitely agree like it's just very hard to tell someone that you're low income that's why you can't like go out with them and also like I don't really tell people that my family situation like I'm I have a single mother and stuff like that and like like what what I said about going to banquets and how my mother never showed up to those just because like her work schedule and stuff um one time my friend joked about like your parents didn't even show up and I know even though I knew it was like a joke it was very hurtful because like I get more nervous attending banquets where like families are supposed to gather together than like going to games and tournaments just because of that um and the only people I could bring are my siblings, and th- they're obviously not my parents. So, like, in a room full of other parents, it's just my three siblings and I, or my two siblings and I. And um, when she said that, I just kind of, like, laughed it off, but it was very hurtful.
1: Yeah, there are definitely certain things that people say, and I'm sure it wasn't, like, a harmful intention, but it yeah. was definitely, like, painful to listen to. Mm-hmm. yeah. And funny thing is, there are a lot of people who always say, like, they try to be nice. And they're like, no, I I love your style. But then I've had the same clothes since like, middle school, and some I'm still wearing from elementary school, and everything from Ross. I also have a lot of hand me downs from like my cousins and stuff. Um, who like I barely talk to also they just give me clothes and I am super grateful for that but some people at school they're like all dressed up nice and like they have so many things to wear and I'm always like damn I really want that I have a whole Pinterest board full of cute clothes and all I can afford are whatever things I find cute at Ross and that's under like five dollars because literally all the t-shirts I have are $5 or less, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> like, it's, it's just how it is. And you can't go shopping with your friends either. Or at least for me, I barely do that. Because I always come out empty handed, or I, I find like the cheapest thing, you know, maybe sometimes I'd splurge a little bit, but then I'd feel so bad about it after.
0: Yeah, yeah I think, same. um, jealousy is like something we all probably experience a lot like I also come from a really like predominantly white rich town so um like how they dress is like kind of the norm and seeing that like that level of living is the norm like makes me like really jealous sometimes and I um, find myself like envying like what they're wearing and like it's like the smallest things too like they probably don't even care about what they're wearing but like Um, I, like, get so jealous about how other people live, and even, like, the concept of, like, allowance, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I've never received allowance, but then, like, I have friends that get, like, $20 a week for doing nothing, um, and, like, I'm over here, like, doing the laundry, like, washing the dishes, like, all for free, so, like, it's really, um, like, interesting to see how different people live, um, even though like we're all the same age and like in the same town
2: yeah same um like I said I go to a predominantly rich white school so like their styles just consist of brandy melville and like urban outfitters and just very expensive outlets like that and when I like look at their prices I'm just astounded of like how expensive it is and how can they afford multiple pieces but it's just their standard of living like that's just the norm for them but like that could never I could never imagine living like that.
1: Exactly, yeah, and like jeans also, you know how like the loose jeans are trending now, like mom jeans or whatever? I was like, oh, that's really cute. So I went to go um, to a mall to like check them out, right? And then I'm like, why is a pair of jeans like
2: $40? Um, like for trendy pieces like that, like I really like the baggy jean style. So I just had to like get creative. Like I went to Walmart, got like a men's pair of jeans and just tied the waistband together to make it more suitable for me a teenager and yeah like if I want to fit in I guess with like what's trending then I just have to do it myself DIY (laughs) yeah
0: I relate to that and I'll but, and it's also, like, embarrassing when you're, like, wearing clothes that are trendy, but they're not from, like, the same places, so, like, when people are, like, oh, like, where'd you get that shirt, you're just, like, oh, like, I don't know, I don't remember, (laughs) um, and also, I feel like, um, prom dresses, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, we have a, we only have senior prom, we don't have junior prom, but a lot of my friends are already, like, talking about it, even though it's next year, and I'm just, like, I don't really want to go to prom like first off it's like it costs so much just to go and then you have to buy a prom dress and like I feel like that kind of thing is like a super big deal in like high school so like everyone's always talking about oh yeah like where are you buying your prom dresses like who are you going to prom with but like for me I'm just like I would rather just not go and like save all of that because it's like I know I'd be missing out on like the high school experience but like it's so expensive and like I don't really know if I would want to do that. Yeah. Like I never
2: went to any homecoming dances because of just how expensive it was. And like even if I got invited, I just like make up an excuse of why I can't go. And um we have junior and senior prom and like when my mom found out about it and I told her that I wasn't gonna go to like the junior prom and for this year I just made up the excuse that it was COVID so I didn't want to go. But I can tell that she is trying to, like, encourage me to go to get, like, the high school experience, but I also know that she just can't afford it, and she'd be, like, going out of her way to send me to a dance, like, a one-night dance that's very costly, so, like, even though I do want to go, because it's just, like, a high school thing, I just tell her that I don't, and, like, I just make it seem like I don't, so she doesn't have to worry about that, even though I can tell she's, like, trying to reach out and, like, help me feel normal.
0: Yeah, I relate to that. My parents are always, like, trying to, like, you know, get me opportunities that, like, other people have um, as, like, normal. But, like, I feel so bad. Like, I don't want them to, like, work yeah. even harder to try to, like, make up for the money that I use for, like, my own fun and enjoyment. And it's really, like, heartbreaking sometimes to see, like, how much effort, like, parents put in. Because, um, like... We're low income, yeah, but like I don't really blame them for it, you know. But then they like, I can tell they blame themselves a lot when like I don't get to do the things that other people get to do. So a lot of times, like Cassie said, I just like pretend like I don't, like I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. Like I don't want to go to Like, but like deep down, like I kind of (laughs) do, but you just kind of like have to like move on with it, you know, and just because like for the sake of your parents and also like like, in consideration of, like, people that you love, I feel like um, you kind of have to make those kind of sacrifices. No, exactly.
1: You both touched on so many good points. Like, first of all, I want to address the fact that we are so resourceful, because, like Cassie said, you DIY your own clothes if you can't afford it. Like, I recently got into sewing, and I already have, like, two really cute, like, tank tops that I made, and it'd be like trendy now. And, you know, in the stores, you'd probably buy it for like $15 for a freaking tank top. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? So <laughs> I just use like old clothes that I couldn't wear anymore. And I just made it myself. And another point, like going to prom, oh my goodness, like, I told my entire family, I don't want to go. I told my friends, I don't want to go. Um, And yeah, A huge part of it is because of financial um, situations. You also have to get like your hair done and makeup done and your nails done. I don't have nail polish at home. Like it's why is it like ten dollars per bottle, by the way? can we just address that for a second? Why is nail polish so expensive? And getting a manicure and pedicure done is also like fifty dollars. And I also don't have makeup at home. I have, like, eyeliner and mascara. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's, like, you know what? I don't want to splurge so much. And it's just for one night, you know? And, like, what are the other times you'd wear a prom dress again?
0: It's not even, like, you're paying just for prom. There's also, like, post-prom and, like, prom weekend where, like, everyone, like, goes somewhere, like, expensive and, like, hangs out and that kind of stuff costs even more money, and I just feel like, yeah, you know, like why?
1: <laughs> and like going back to um, really kind of making decisions for your parents too. Like it's so true. You can even like with my my parents, I can tell they like really want to make sure that I'm happy um, despite our financial situations. My my mom also encouraged me to go to prom but I was just like, no, I'm not going. It's, it's just way too much.
2: Yeah. I also feel like kind of like a burden sometimes, like there's just so many school events that cost so much money. And I feel so bad asking for money to pay for like clubs, even though they're important. And like, they're not just things that I can sacrifice. So like, if I want to go to a good college, I have to do like some things extracurricular, but I feel like so bad asking my mom for money, even though it's like important and school related.
0: I definitely feel that like the feeling of being a burden. Um, Sometimes I feel like I'm being too like selfish, that Mm -hmm. I want to do all these things for the sake of my own future. Um, So yeah, it's like really tough. It's kind of like mentally you're like fighting with yourself sometimes you're like you don't know what's the right thing and like you want the best for your parents but you also want the best for yourself So it's like really hard to like balance all of those factors
2: yeah and like especially coming from a background that don't really have experience in college and stuff like that I find it very hard to like reach out to my parent or my family members to talk about school related stuff so like i just pretend that everything's okay even though even if i'm like very stressed because i don't want to want to worry my mom even more and like she couldn't help anyways other than comfort me but i don't want to like give her any additional stress than like working so it's like mostly just kept to myself emotion wise if i'm stressed sad or like panicked over school or the college I just tell my mom everything is okay and I have it under control if she asks, but it's very hard to manage on my own at times. Even if my friends offer to like pay for me when we go out, I just feel so bad having to like spend their money. Like, I just rather not go out, like, even if it would be a fun experience, but I would feel just so bad taking their money and not being able to repay it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, I think, Cassie, you brought this up earlier, but like asking my parents for money is like, I feel so, like, selfish, and, like, I feel so bad about myself, even if I, like, really need it, so I actually, like, um, look out for, like, job opportunities and things like that <laughs> to make, like, my own money, you know, because, like, I don't want to use my parents' money, they're already using it for me anyway, like, for, like, living expenses, so, like, um, I, like, make my own allowance for, like, doing my own work and, like, thinking ways that I can provide for myself and like, um, not ask my parents for money.
1: Yeah, no, literally, if you look at my Google history, it's like teen side hustles (laughs) and like ways to make money online. Since I don't have a ride, I can't apply for a job. I can't, I don't have my own car, you know, so I can't drive around.
2: Uh, Personally, my mom doesn't let me work because she just wants me to focus on my academic career which i understand um but like i also want to just make money to spend on my own without like having to bother her so like with the my school has this tutoring system where they pay you ten dollars an hour to tutor so i was very grateful to be like accepted into that but not many people like asked for a tutor that they have to pay for since they can just ask their teachers most of the time so it's very scarce money but at least it's something and i've just even though i i said that i would spend it on myself because like just to treat myself i'm just saving it so i can like pay for my clubs next year without having to ask my mom Hmm. yeah very relatable also
0: i feel like we learned how to save from like a young age. Um, i feel like people our age don't save like if they get money they just like spend it but like for us like we know like there's like other expenses that we'll need to cover in the future without asking our parents so i feel like a lot of the times we just like save money instead of using it for ourselves exactly
1: exactly and i just wanted to point out real quick that um For those listening, I want to make it clear that we're not complaining. Like, this is us just sharing our stories, and it is what it is. I'm personally really grateful that I get this opportunity. Like, it sounds really weird, but I feel like if I were more spoiled, or if my family had more money, like, I wouldn't be who I am today. And, you know, just being a low-income student also has so many perks, because it really teaches you how to become a wiser person when it comes to finances, as well as just, you know, um, considering all these different perspectives from your family, your social life, your future, and just everything, you know, you have to think about everything and just being able to multitask in that way is so cool.
0: I also agree, like, even though I can hate being low income sometimes, it's really a struggle. Um, I'm really glad that I am low income I feel like I wouldn't want it any other way because of the lessons that it has taught me and like the experiences that I've had and even like through being low income like I I got into like CPS and I got to meet you guys and be on this podcast like there's so many like different opportunities and experience that I've had just from being low income and I feel like that could be really valuable in itself.
2: Yeah, like even in addition to being low income, like also being a minority, like we're all Asian Americans here. I feel like that's also taught me like a lot of lessons that I wouldn't have any other way. Like growing up, I used to like want to be white, just how like glamorous their lives were and how they're like portrayed in the media. But now I'm very grateful for being like an Asian American and having my culture and heritage behind me.
1: No, exactly. I, I completely understand that. And You know, I feel like we can talk about this for days and days because there's just so many layers to discuss. Um, Unfortunately, though, the time is coming up. But before we end this episode, is there anything that you both want to say to students who are low income?
2: Um, Like me, you're probably like thinking... You can't get into like good colleges and that there's very limited opportunities for you, but there are opportunities suited for you and you should reach out of your comfort zone and like just try to get into programs like QuestBridge um, College Prep Scholars and stuff like that like colleges are actively looking for people of low income background, but they're just not applying.
0: Um, Yeah, I just wanted to say like you are just as capable as anyone else and you shouldn't let your financial um, situation be a barrier into college apps and things like that. And if anything, a lot of colleges um, are demonstrating need. So like there's so many opportunities out there to like cover those kind of fees and you should never let the cost or number stop you from doing um, what you can do. There's
1: so much potential coming from low income students because of how like resourceful you are and how independent you are and really take those as opportunities and as like an advantage for you, because it's something that not a lot of people learn until later on in their lives. And as low income teens, I feel like we we already know a lot and really use that as um as like an essay topic for college admissions, or even just to share with other people so that more people understand what it's like to be living under this situation. Like it's really important to maintain a right mindset All right, so that will be the end of this episode. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Um, It's definitely a more sensitive topic. I feel like um, not a lot of people discuss their own um, family financial situations. So I hope this was impactful for those of you listening. Cassie, Karis, where can people find you on social media?
0: Um, you can give us a follow at um, my voice podcast. And the my is M I, and then everything else is spelled as it sounds.
1: Make sure to go check out Cassie and Karis' podcast. You can hear a lot of different low income, first generation, and minority students' stories there. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to follow my podcast Instagram at the Study Break Podcast, as well as tuning into your favorite podcast app. Follow me there and listen to a new episode every Tuesday. Once again, thank you so much, Cassie and Karis, for coming on. And to the listeners, I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye,
0: everyone. Thank you. you.